Wednesday, May 3rd on the Just Baseball Show, and it is the mailbag. We answer all of your questions that you left for us on our Instagram at Just Baseball Show and on our Twitter at Just BB Media. We post the graphic before the day starts. We let all the questions roll in and we pick our seven favorites. I'm Peter Apple. That's Arm Layton. And one of the questions I had to add, Aram, because it's just about you and it's about a monologue. I'm very excited to get it's going. More of a, it's more of a request. I don't even <laughs> think it's a question. It's a request, which I, I saw that one. And I was like, oh, man, I don't know if we're there yet, but I'm I'm, I'm happy to uh, indulge a little bit and get into that. But, yeah, some great questions as always. Uh, always look forward to this because it gives us a really good opportunity to just kind of see what everybody else wants to talk about. And shockingly, a bunch of questions about the Orioles and Cardinals and pitching. And it's like, we're just going to do this every two fucking weeks. Um, but it, you know, it is something that clearly a lot of people are are wondering about. And I think it's interesting because uh, there's, we're, we're almost getting to the point where like in a month from now, you'll start to have a little bit of a pulse of like, who's going to be buyers, who's going to be sellers, whatever it is. And um, right now it's just still so early that people want to know. Um, so that's the funny recurring question. It is early, but at the same time, we are five weeks into the MLB season. Like we're 30 games in of 162 game season. It seems like it's so early because it relatively is when you look at the calendar and it feels like we just started the season. But when you look at the schedule and you think, okay, the trade deadline is in a couple of months. Maybe it's time to start talking about some teams that are in the bottom that could potentially you know, deal some of their superstars. And we have plenty of those questions. I'm excited to get into it. So let's just get into it. The first question of the mailbag, what currently struggling team are you buying stock into to bounce back? Asked by Andrew Glav on Instagram. This is an interesting one because there are a lot of teams that are kind of not doing too hot. Most notably the New York Yankees. How about the Cleveland Guardians are under 500. Houston Astros are still 16 and 13. You know, the Angels 15 and 14. The Seattle Mariners are 12 and 16. The Mets are hovering around 500. The Phillies are at 500. You know, even teams like the Cardinals 12 and 17. Um, The San Diego Padres 16 and 14. The Dodgers are in first place, but they're 17 and 13. So there's a lot of really good answers here when you look at the current standings and think to yourself, None of the good teams are actually playing all that well, except for the Rays. Yeah. So I would say like for this exercise here, because you, you highlight it, like with, with only 30 ish games, like teams that are three games over 500. Yeah. It's a little bit of a slow start, but at the same time, like they could win, they could rattle off a sweep and then all of a sudden they're 19 and 13 and like, all right, they're in the driver's seat. So I I think that, 
for this exercise, I would probably just focus on teams that are below 500 that we were expecting to be good, which off the top of my head, like, and just looking at the standings, even like Mariners, Cardinals, I think those are the two teams that have have most wildly disappointed, quote unquote, this early. Um, The Yankees too, because the Yankees, like, you saw the start that they got off to last year. You figured that might be the case. Maybe it's a good thing that they've started slow. Um, I, I'm looking across. Like I, I'm, I really think that the Cardinals, the Yankees, and the Mariners are going to get it going. And I know that it looks really ugly for the Yankees right now, and it doesn't look like it's going to get that much better with Judge a little banged up. Uh, but I think the Yankees are going to be just fine. I think the Cardinals are going to find a way to turn this thing around, but I'm a little bit less optimistic about them. I think I feel better about the Yankees and the Mariners, but I'll highlight the Yankees just because not only because they have the best record of those aforementioned three, um, they, their lineup that they're rolling out right now is, is a joke. And and we've talked about that. We don't need to like go too deep into that. Uh, even Jack and I talked about it without you the other episode, cause it's been that bad, but they've got reinforcements coming. Even if Rodon is out for a while, like I still like what they've got in terms of being able to go get somebody, um, you know, hopefully you get Severino back relatively soon. I think he might beat Rodon back at this point, which is crazy. Um, there's a lot of questions there, but there's a lot of different guys that can come back and help them. Uh, and, and I still feel like they're going to find a way to piece together that lineup and Bader comes back and there's more reinforcements. Like there's improvements in sight for other teams. It's like, they got to change the way they're playing. And and that's a little bit scarier. You make some sense as a person who watches the Yankees day in and day out. I don't necessarily share your opinions, being optimistic at least about the New York Yankees, but of course that is my fandom. And I can be much more optimistic about teams that I don't have a rooting interest for. And that team is the Seattle Mariners. And while I do technically have a rooting interest for them because I bet on their over win total, I bet on them to win the World Series this season, among other bets, of course, and I have the Braves, And but we don't have to go into all that. What I do want to go into is the fact that the start for the Mariners does not make any sense to me because Julio Rodriguez has not gotten going truly yet. Ty France has looked like a shell of himself. Eugenio Suarez has not looked that great either. Teoscar Hernandez has not gotten going at all. Colton Wong at second base, a no-show. J.P. Crawford, great defensively, has not shown up at the plate. There are a lot of guys in this Mariners lineup that are all hitting poorly. And I just cannot expect that to continue. It doesn't make any sense to me. And then when you look at the rotation, the rotation's been totally fine. Luis Castillo's been great. Logan Gilbert's been great. George Kirby has been great. Even Marco Gonzalez is giving them quality innings. And the bullpen has been good, not elite. So I look at a Mariners team, and it's not that you know they have so many reinforcements coming. It's just a simple fact of there's no way they can continue to play this poorly. And the Cardinals are in that breath, but I have more concerns about the Cardinals overall starting pitching, their bullpen. I think the lineup is going to continue to bang, but I don't have those concerns with the Mariners. They're just playing like shit. This is just a crap month for them. The Yankees, they're rolling out Willie Calhoun. Yeah, I know. The Mariners that, aren't rolling out guys like that. Like Willie Calhoun ain't hitting fifth in the Mariners lineup. Aaron Hicks ain't hitting seventh in the Mariners lineup. Franchi Cordero just got DFA'd. Oswaldo Cabrera, like these guys are actual bad baseball players. The Mariners don't have these bad baseball players. They're just playing right now like bad baseball players. So I 
I am buying so much stock in the Mariners. I think they are going to be totally, totally fine. Cardinals and Yankees, I have a bit more concerns about. I definitely agree. I mean, we talked about it a little while ago. Like we went through every single, I think it was on the Friday episode. We went through like every single player uh, on the Mariners lineup. And I'm like, that guy's going to hit better. That guy's going to hit better. Like we, it, all of them are going to naturally get better. I, I think that's a hundred percent true. Um, but I look at this Yankees team and it's like the fact that they're 15 and 15, despite all of this is pretty nuts. They got a great start from Domingo Herman. Garrett Cole looks like arguably the best pitcher in baseball so far this season. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think a lot of it is, is kind of up in the air because I can't pretend to know when Carlos Rodon's going to come back. I mean, I can't imagine the frustration there. Um, I can't pretend to know when Luis Severino is going to come back. And if he does come back, how is he going to look? Is he going to get hurt again? Um, the, the reason why I'm not necessarily worried about the Yankees is that they didn't make any insane, insane splashes trade-wise. Like They've kind of kept their assets. And I think that if things look rough in a month or so, like they will find a way. Like Cashman will upgrade this lineup. And I think it will actually upgrade a little bit on its own. Volpe continues to look better and better. Um, I think Rizzo is is a guy that you know is, is going to hit. Judge will be back soon enough. And uh, DJ LeMahieu, like, I think that's somebody that's going to make a big difference. But I think Oswaldo Cabrera, like you said, like bad baseball players. I think Oswaldo is like separate from the Franchi Corneros and uh, yes, uh, the Willie yes. Calhouns. But he's been a disaster. Like he disaster. can't be that bad the rest of the year. But I do agree. Like, I think if I'm if I'm lining them up in terms of level of concern um, and, and like bounce back ability, I'm going Mariners, Yankees and then the Cardinals. And honestly, I'm not even that, that, that out on the Cardinals yet. Like no one I'm not either. has like a 600 OPS. Like yeah. that's going to get better. Um, but I would say it's like Yankees, Mariners, 1A, 1B, and then and then the Cardinals. I definitely am. They're in a different boat for me. I'm more concerned about the Cardinals for the same reasons you are. Like we can paint the picture of, of a balanced team theoretically with the Mariners, especially. The Yankees have a path to being a balanced team and have the bullpen. The Cardinals have some some gaping holes, which we've talked about. So even if the lineup is banging, which it isn't right now, we see what happens when they're not banging. There's so much pressure on those bats to hit. And if they don't really, really hit, they kind of stink. And that's what they've got to either really, really hit or or answer all the questions that we've been regurgitating about, you know, this Cardinals team. But I'm with you on the Mariners. I, I'm not worried about them even in the slightest. And they just called up Bryce Miller, who... I think should be able to help them at least in some capacity, whether it's as a swingman, spot starter, whatever. They've got more options. The Cardinals are 10 and 19. Yeah. 10 and 19. Let's move on. Another team that is 16 and 13 tied with the New York Mets in the National League East is your Miami Marlins. Yeah. So the question is, can Aram put together a monologue for a team that doesn't actually suck. And he means your Miami Marlins. Of course, I just got signed out of my Google Docs document where all the questions are. So let me credit the person who answered or asked William, this question. William W. Lynch on IG. Perfect. Um, so, William, I, I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> we're not in monologue territory yet. I, I'm just I'm not amped up enough yet. Um, I like what I see. I think it's really awesome. I think the Marlins are off to a great start, uh, all things considered. Talk to me after this after this Braves series, uh, because this is one that I think will be very definitive. If they if they get knocked around at home by the Braves again, and the language is very possible, then all of a sudden they're back to 500, and it's like, all right, like th- this is what we kind of expect. 
This team looks really good, all things considered. You sent a text, like, and this is relatively speaking. You sent a text the other day, like, this Marlins team, like, I'm starting to believe. And I'm like, please don't. Uh, but, like, <laughs> I, I can see why. Like, you know, this is a much better ball club. You take a team that's pitching-centric and you add literally – the best hitter through month one since Barry Bonds in 2004 and Luis Arias, like that helps. Gene Segura, we talk about guys who can't be worse. Gene Segura might might be the worst player in baseball right now. Do you think, and I wanted to ask you this on the podcast, I keep thinking about this because it's like there are telling things in Major League Baseball. Number one at the beginning of the season on BetMGM, the Cardinals were minus 115 to win the National League Central. And I scream from the mountaintops, that is the biggest trap of all time. Another telling thing, Gene Segura only got a two-year, $17 million contract from the Marlins after going to the World Series and being a solid contributor. That, at the time, told me teams don't believe in the bat anymore, that it just might be over for him. And the Marlins got this great deal on a World Series second baseman, and I'm like, did they? Did they really? And he's been awful. He's been awful. He's playing third, which is like bizarre in its own sense, too. He's barely really played there. They could have just kept Brian Anderson for less. Like, it, it's it's a weird, weird move. And that said, like, he's been bad. I, I Like, to, to give William what he wants here, I am getting a little cautiously optimistic about this Marlins team because the, Kim Ang is actually cooking. Like, can, you got to <laughs> give Kim her, her, like, flowers here. Two of the big – and I tweeted this. Like, two of her – 11th hour moves before this season, I think are the reason why they're off to the 16 and 13 start. Luisa Reyes, where she pushes the chips forward. We talked about how it's a quote unquote overpay, but she over you overpay when you have to sometimes if you think it's going to make a difference and look what it's done. Right. I don't think anyone gives a crap about the prospects included when Arias is literally the reason why you're over 500 and has been one of the best hitters in baseball. And then how about the JJ Blade for AJ Puck deal? Like unbelievable. That's, that takes some guts because you're trading. You're, you're basically admitting, hey, we and it wasn't her, but still organizational. You're admitting, hey, we totally fucked up on this pick. Our can't miss first round pick that we've been marketing the hell out of over the last couple of years. We're going to swap him for a reliever who's often injured. But they looked at it in a vacuum and said, this makes us better. AJ Puck's been one of the best relievers in baseball this year. Five saves already. He's their closer. 12 innings, a .75 ERA. He looks fantastic. Those two guys alone have played a huge part in their success. So, you know, we, we've we talked about Kim um, and, and kind of like this being her definitive year to prove that she can, you know, be at the helm for the foreseeable future and, and help this Marlins team, you know, build success here. You got to give her credit. Like those two moves were huge and a big reason why they've been successful. And then I think they got to start playing Yuli Gurriel. Yuli Gurriel has been great. He's hitting 306, 358, 449. Uh, he's 39 years old, but we, we know what he's been his whole career. Last year was was a bad one, but then he, he finished strong in the postseason. Um, I don't I wonder how far away they are from from you know eating into Gene Seguro's at bats with with Yuli Gurriel. I've I have i have heard they're already starting to play him in the outfield a little bit. Like there's some good moves that Kim has made, and, and you gotta give her credit. Oh no. You're putting Yuli in the outfield? They might. No. Don't they do might. that. Imagine an outfield defense of Jazz and Yuli out there. <laughs> I mean, that's... I don't care. I, I'm, yeah, I don't I'm care. here. I'm here for it, man. If you can hit, I'm in. That's what they need. Uh, but I, I think the, the best answer is to get Yuli some reps at third, split some time in the DH, disguise him in, in right field or left field if you can, and just pray the ball doesn't go out there. Like, they put Garrett Cooper out there. Could he be worse than that? 
No, he wouldn't be worse than that. That dude actually can't move. But the reason I was, I sent that text and I said, Aram, I'm kind of starting to believe in the Miami Marlins. And it's not to the belief like, oh, they're going to make this deep postseason run and they're finally here. No, that's not what I mean. But what I believe in is that the process is starting to work. Like you're starting to see it. The offense isn't some terrible collection of randos anymore. Like John Birdie, I like. He's Derek great. Cooper, I like. I love John Birdie. Jorge Soler can bang. Luis yeah. Rice doesn't get out. Jazz Chisholm, you know, he still strikes out too much for my liking, but you can't deny the incredible, incredible talent of, of the center fielder. And you just go around the diamond, and you're like, they've got some guys like sit Jacob Stallings. He is not a major league catcher, but Nick Fortes is like Nick Fortes has been one of the best defensive catchers in the entire sport and he can hit around a little bit, but as long as he's good defensively, which Jacob Stallings isn't, that's a plus there. Like Yankee fans want to get rid of Jose Trevino. You can't get rid of Jose Trevino. The defense is way too good. Nick Fortes ranks higher in a lot of catching metrics, like if you look at baseball prospectus, who I think has the best catching metrics, he's number two to Jonah Heim. Wow. He has been a stud. Like wow. Sandy is that guy still. I know he's, you know, off to this kind of weird start, but he's going to bounce back. Yeah. I, I, I'm i not worried about him. Edward, when he throws strikes, is disgusting. Jesus Lazardo is that guy. And the bullpen, Dylan Floro, A.J. Puck, I'm kind of excited. Oscar Brazoban, he's been awesome. Oscar Brazoban's been awesome. Uh, no, the, the bullpen kind of looks like they've they've got it together a little bit. Like they, it seems like it's good enough. It's better than last year, and they're doing this without Trevor Rogers now, without Johnny Cueto, who was going to be an important depth arm for them. Um, and they're about to get you know Joey Wendell back. We're not talking about the sexiest additions, but those are guys that help major league players. They and they're help. Good. They're decent players. They're bodies. Um, so they're bodies. I'm, I'm really interested to see what they do. The Edward Cabrera experience is is one that it, dude. I would have put a lot of money like live bet that it was going to be a blow up start last start. He finishes with 12 Ks. Like he is a roller coaster. But that said, like the upside of this rotation, we've talked about it. We're seeing flashes of it. So this team's going to be volatile. But uh, I think we're about two weeks away from a positive arm rant if they play well over the next two weeks. All right. Now we got a great question. Do you think there's a realistic shot at Dylan cease being dealt? And if so, which teams do you think would be interested? Asked by K L E I N E S C R O D E R on Twitter. I don't want to mispronounce uh, that Twitter handle, but of course you can find all the different Twitter handles in the episode description. I don't know. Like, I hate to say I don't have a definitive answer for this question. We can talk through it. I was hoping maybe you'd go through Dylan Cease's contract details for us. Maybe see where he is in arbitration extensions, all that good stuff. But the white Sox. Like, we didn't include them in contenders that are going to bounce back. No. The Chicago White Sox at this point are 8-21. and 21. The only teams with eight or less wins are the Chicago White Sox, the Kansas City Royals, the Oakland A's. End of list. <laughs> that is dreadful. Yeah. And the rebuild didn't work, obviously. This was supposed to be starting the year where they're getting all these guys and they're supposed to be really good. 
Dylan Cease could get a franchise changing haul. So there's a part of me that says if the White Sox continue to bottom out and I don't really see the shining light in the distance with this team. Michael Kopech has the worst XERA in all of baseball. Lucas Giolito might just be a four or five guy yeah. in the ERA department. Dylan Cease, Tim Anderson, these are incredibly quality assets that you can cash in on and say, you know what? We made a mistake. We have to rebuild again and we have to clean house. And Dylan Cease, we talk about what a Sandy deal could get. A Dylan Cease deal would shock the league. Yeah. Is it possible? And my answer is, I don't know because he's so valuable and he's still young. And even if the White Sox blow up everybody, don't they say, well, we still have to keep Dylan Cease to okay. sell tickets. So I have a I, question. I have a question for you. Are the White Sox going to be good within three years? No, they're they're their farm system. You could say it better than I. It's but they're terrible. So second question. Would the White Sox pay Dylan Cease 200 and whatever million dollars? Well, they did give Andrew Benatendi the largest contract in their franchise history at about a hundred million. Was it like what was it, exactly? it was like seventy? Yeah, something like that. They've okay. never given out a uh, a nine figure deal. Jack so told us it, that. Yeah, they've never given out so a no. nine figure deal. And then are they going to double that? No shot. No. So no shot. He's a Boris client. I, I think the writing's on the wall. And and if you're Dylan Cease, you want to play the rest of your career in that in that disaster over there? Like, <laughs> I, I I think are he's gone. Too mean? Are we no. being too mean? Are we no, not being mean enough? Not, I don't think we're being mean enough. And I think White Sox fans would tell you that. I mean, that monologue that uh, on local White Sox radio, one I of the greatest calls of all time. Unbelievable, well informed, and hilarious. But I, I'm looking at this team, and, and you just kind of went through it. All of their assets, like I think you, you obviously have Luis Robert locked locked up, like that's yeah. a building block. Uh, Eloy Jimenez, like you, you got to kind of hold on to him because, like, I don't think his value is that high. You trade him, you're not getting much for him. Um, you're not getting much for Kopech. You're not getting anything for Clevenger. You're not getting much for Lance Lynn, if anything at all. And Lucas Giolito is about to be a free agent, so his value is pretty much useless too. You got Tim yeah. Anderson for a year and a half, which, which should still get you a pretty nice return. But the only guy that's getting you a franchise altering return is Dylan Cease. And I think it's the White Sox start to look in the mirror and realize, hey, this is not going to get better anytime soon. I think they might have to cash in their most valuable chip here. And and I don't know if it's this year. I don't know if it's next year. Uh, I don't know if it's at the deadline. I don't know if it's in the offseason. But I think they'd be nuts not to trade Dylan Cease. And I think they, they're already starting to realize that Probably going to be the case, especially with him being a Scott Boris client. So Cease has two years of control after this one. So you could say two and change. It's it's two and a half if he's traded at the deadline. That's extremely valuable. Uh, they could get a franchise altering return there. You look at like the Cardinals and what they could put together. You look at the Orioles, though I know it's not their standard practice and what they could put together. Like some of these teams out there, the Dodgers could put together franchise altering packages. We saw Trey Turner and Max Scherzer packaged together. What if the White Sox packaged Cease and Tim Anderson to the Dodgers and just let the, bail the Dodgers out again? Like that's something that could happen. So I think they'd be nuts not to do, not to trade him to be honest because you're not winning with Dylan Cease. You're you're just not. No. It's not happening. 
it's not happening. So let's do some mock trades. Huh. Why not? Why not us? Let's do some mock trades for Dylan Cease. So you mentioned three teams that could definitely be in the mix. St. Louis Cardinals, the Baltimore Orioles, and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Who else do you think could possibly be in the mix there for a guy like Dylan Cease? Now, when I rack my brain and I think about some of the teams that potentially do it, I wonder, and this is kind of a bad answer, but it was on kind of the top of my mind and I was thinking about it. The Angels are playing good baseball. They are. Like, we make fun of them sometimes because it's always, if not now, when? This is the time. Otani's about to be a free agent, right? Mike Trout ain't getting any younger. And they have the lineup. And they have a decent starting pitching staff, but a lot of them are lefties. It would be nice to slot in one of the best right-handed pitchers in all of Major League Baseball. So they're a team I thought of that I think we could possibly workshop. The Cardinals are definitely that team. I go through the teams like the Astros. Luis Garcia got removed from his last game with elbow discomfort. We're hoping he's going to be okay, but that's not good. Jose Arquiti was just put on the shelf. You already lost Justin Verlander, right? So the rotation as we sit here today is Framber, Christian Javier. Then what? Yeah. Right? We saw Brandon Belak come in, give them four innings. Okay, that's not a guy who's starting every fifth day. With all due respect to him, like credit to him. I think he was on a bus from Reno and just hopped on and was yeah. like good for him. That's awesome. And I don't think he's the fourth starter for them right now. No. So the Astros are a team. The Angels are a team that I'm looking at. How about the Tampa Bay Rays? Fuck. Yeah. The Rays have been in conversations for some of these big deals and just haven't quite pushed it across the finish line. Um, you know, I think they imagine they that at, slider with the Rays. That's what I'm saying. And they they look at everything from an asset management perspective, right? Almost like treating it like a private equity firm. And like if they feel like they're overpaying, they they won't overpay. But I think in this spot, they could beat a lot of packages and they've got so many guys and they have such a log jam right now organizationally. Um, you know, Curtis Mead is just sitting there in triple A. Kyle Manzardo is sitting there in triple A. Those are two big league ready bats. And if you're the White Sox, like the White Sox can't really handle a full, 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 full teardown. Like training Dylan C's for a bunch of 18, 19 year olds, that's going to look real bad. It's not going to look too much better that you're training them for triple A guys, but at least those guys will be on the opening day roster next year. And if they play, you're you're expediting this re, this rebuild. So like something around, I don't know if they trade me because they're talking about a pre-arb deal with him, but obviously if Dylan Cease is on the table, now you you look at things differently. But Mead and Manzardo are two of the best position player prospects in the game. And, and those are two guys that'll be big league ready pretty much tomorrow. They they could you could plug them in the lineup tomorrow. Um so like I could see them building a package around that with some of the other arms they have and and pushing this thing forward. We talked about the injuries that they've dealt with with Springs Hurt. Uh, obviously, the the inconsistency of Glass now and Boz and 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 unavailability there. I assume they're not going to pay Glass now ultimately. So I mean, that's money that's going to be opening up for them too. So they can feel pretty good about maybe leveraging those two and a half years and trying to extend Cease um, as they've started to look like they're going to spend a little bit more money when the time is right. Um, the Rays could put together a hell of a package, dude, and that would be the way to make their statement here and say, yeah, I know we're off to a great start, or, and maybe this is in the midseason. I know we're in first place. Now you're going to be 
fearing us as the World Series favorite. I would love to see that. I would absolutely love to see that. So of the teams that we named, the Rays, the Orioles, the Astros, the Angels, the Cardinals, and the Dodgers, right? Those were, I think, the main six that we talked about. Who do you think makes the most sense? Let's, Let's do this. So we have those six teams. Let's knock it down to our three favorites and then come up with a trade. So we'll go through them again. I think the Dodgers have to be in that top three. I agree. And I think the, I think the Rays do. I really do. Okay. So we'll do the Rays. So then Cardinals, Astros, Angels, and Orioles. So I hear you on the Astros from a like team perspective, of course, like that makes so much sense. I think they might not have the assets. Like they, okay, fair enough. So that I think they'd they'd be spread way too thin trying to put that deal together. Like they'd get outbid for sure. Fair enough. So I think okay. we can eliminate them. Down to three: Cardinals, Orioles, Angels. Angels are going to be hard pressed to make a Dylan Cease package. Uh, to Joe Adele. Joe Adele, Edgar Caro, I love, and that's a that's a crown jewel like prospect. Uh, you could start a package there, but. I don't think Adele and him are going to get it done. They could yeah, slap something together. They'd get outbid by the Dodgers and, and the Rays. I think the Cardinals, like it's against their practice, but hell man, if you're just trying to climb back into the thick of things and you can go get Dylan Cease, like maybe this will be what pushes John Mosellock to like grow a set of nuts and do something. Um, I, I, I think I got my votes on the Cardinals because we, we know what they've got prospect wise. They don't need to, to, they were in on, on Juan Soto. Like they've had, the interest to make the splash, but again, another very calculated team that's only going to make the splash when it makes a lot of sense for them. They were in on Sean Murphy, but then drew the line. I think this could be where they're like, all right. And that was when they were really good. They're off to a slow start now, a little bit more urgency. Um, they could put together a package without Jordan Walker and I think get Dylan Cease with the prospects that they have. Okay. Cardinals, Rays, Dodgers. Now we uh, we shorten the list because we see what type of package they would get. So if we go back to that um, deal with a Max Scherzer and Trey Turner to the Dodgers, they had to give up Josiah Gray, Hyber Ruiz. Who else was in that deal? That was, that was, it was mostly centered around them. Those were the two crown jewels. And then he had a couple other fillers in that deal, but it was really Ruiz and, I mean, two, two, two top 50 prospects there that were big league ready. So. Okay. But Dylan Cease, you know, even if he's not included with Tim Anderson, those guys were free agents after the year. So let's just say what it's going to take is at least two top 50 prospects and then two fillers yep. to get a Dylan Cease. I think that's a fair deal yes. for the Chicago White Sox. Two top 50 is awesome. Yeah. So for the Cardinals... It would probably have to center around who? Mason Wynn, potentially, and Matthew Liberatore. All right. Mason Wynn and Matthew Liberatore. Those are like just outside the top 50, but like it's, you know, then you throw in a third guy that's of of higher value, right? So then instead you add Yvonne Herrera, who I think they'd be very interested in because they need help at catcher too. They don't have anybody coming up. Uh, And Yasmani Grandal, like, that, that's not helping you right now. So Yvonne Herrera and then a filler. 
It's so funny. The Cardinals could easily do that. And not even give a shit. They could easily do that. Yet here we are. Like Tink Hens, you could you could include in that too. Like I I, maybe the White Sox have interest in Tink Hens. That's the craziest part. Pick several of the aforementioned guys here. Mason Wynn, Tink Hens, Gordon Graceffo, Matthew Libertor, Cooper Jerpy, Yvonne Herrera. Like they can trade two of those arms. They can trade three. I would prefer to to keep Hens, but if the White Sox want Hens, okay, take Hens. Then, but I think, Libertor, I think Libertor makes more sense because you can plug him right into your rotation again, expedite this rebuild. So Libby, Win, and Ivan Herrera, and then another piece like that's a they don't blink, and that's a good package. That is a good package. All right, Los Angeles Dodgers. It's going to have to be either Gavin Stone or Bobby Miller. Yeah. Then we're probably looking at Andy Pajes. Yep. We might be looking at Michael Bush. Michael Bush. So who would you rather give up Stone or Miller, which is a loaded question? I would say Miller, um, just because of the the shoulder discomfort, a little bit of inconsistency there. Like Stone is is a safer bet. Um, White Sox go with the upside. They get their kind of like second Kopech. Good luck, Um, Bobby Miller. (laughs) So I'd go Bobby Miller, Michael Bush. And Andy Pajes, I mean, that's 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 a good package, too, it's a man. Great package. Yeah. And it's then great. another piece. They got to throw another in another piece. guy. Yeah, throw in throw in River Ryan. I actually really like River Ryan. River um, Ryan. That's a great name, a marketable name. We'll sell tickets in the south side of Chicago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, everyone's going to be lining up to see River Ryan. <laughs> All right. I wish Jack was here. <laughs> I do, too. So, the Tampa Bay race. They could do something and not even feel it. Yep. And the red and the White Sox, they should be saying we need either Taj Bradley or Shane Boz. Right? Yeah. They they should. Like they need that. They should. Um and the Rays could easily do that. The Rays, I think, you know, the Rays could trade Boz and not I, I would I let me ask you, would you rather trade Boz or Bradley? You've got to see Bradley now at the big league level. I know Boz is is awesome, but we've seen, you know, kind of the injury history. They're very similar profiles. Bradley's obviously very young, much younger. Um, they're 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 kind of similar to each other in a lot. They of are ways. very similar. Sands the injury history, so you're taking a younger, less injured. But then Boz, I think, is a little bit more upside just with the the quality of stuff. It's just a, like might be a slight notch above. That's what I'm saying. If I just would like to keep Shane Boz, like I think Shane Boz is the fucking truth. Like I think he's in the same breath as a Grayson Rodriguez when healthy, like one of the best overall pitching prospects in baseball. He absolutely was. So we'll give Taj Bradley, who's still an amazing pitching prospect, like taking Shane Boz over Taj Bradley is not. You know, the only world where I'm trading either of those guys is if I'm getting a Dylan Cease too. Like if I'm getting so there you go. Okay, Shane Boz. Or Bob. Oh, no, oh, sorry. Trading. We're trading Taj Bradley. Okay. Manzardo. You can't also throw meat in there. No, no, not if you're getting Bradley. No way. Yeah. So Bradley, Manzardo, and then who? Because you got to throw in a good piece. Because they have Carson Williams, who is a top 50 guy for us at just baseball. Junior Caminero, I would not trade for anything right now. That guy's hitting 400 <laughs> with seven pumps and high end. Now is when you trade him, though, and he's going to uh, suck on the White Sox. You know uh, he's going to suck on the White Sox. I mean, they got him for Tobias <laughs> Myers straight up. So, um, mm, 
That's that's going to be the highest price right there. Uh, Rays fans will actually block us if we trade Taj Bradley, Kyle Manzardo, and Junior Caminero. Like, block, like never listen to the show again. I'm telling you. We're um, getting Dylan Cease. I think Carson will swap Carson Williams for Manzardo. Okay. So Carson Williams, Taj, Taj Bradley, and who? Junior Caminero. Oh. That's a fucking all right. I want to hear on YouTube. Leave us some comments if these trades are we out of our mind. Yeah, and White Sox fans, which ones do you like the most? And also, if if you hate them all, like which it's also very possible. That's what ends up happening. Rays fans, no way I do that. White Sox fans, not enough on any of those. Like, and it's just like, (laughs) all right, (laughs) this is why trades never happen. Uh, Like, this is why. So uh, I would say these packages are like. That changes a lot for the White Sox. It does. And I know it sucks to lose Cease, but you ain't winning with Dylan Cease. So speaking about a lot of players, trading players, you know, a lot of people listen to our podcast to get fantasy baseball advice. And we've partnered with So Rare, which is the best fantasy app. I mean, it's just so much fun. You're consistently building your fantasy team throughout the season. And I got to toss it over to my guy, Aram, because he has been absolutely in the weeds. Oh, yeah. So Rare and having so much fun, probably spending more money than you need to. But it's so much fun that you're getting all the players and you're winning. Give us an update on your So Rare team. Yeah, so I've got my free team. Which is is cooking, you know. That's the team that you can draft for free with with the link in our podcast description. Uh, you put it together, and then as you enter competitions, you can win cards of of actual value monetarily, or you win cards that are also like part of that free designation, the common cards, and you add them to your lineup and keep reinforcing it and keep reinforcing it. So my common lineup is is pretty loaded. It's getting to the point now where I've got like tough decisions to make because I, I'm looking across my lineup. And, you know, like I've got Acuna, but I've also got Corbin Carroll. So now it's at the point, like before it was just, I would pick the best player and put him in my lineup. Now it's like, okay, I got to figure out the matchups a little bit. Um, so for the, for the common lineup, like I, I encourage everyone to go try it because you can pick your players. Remember, keep in mind that you're looking at guys for the entire course of the season. So, you know, you don't just want guys that are off to a great start that you might not think it's sustainable. You also just want to pick good players that you think will be good all year. Um, so for this week, I've got Shohei Otani on the bump. That's always going to go well. Albert Alzali has been my reliever. That's been awesome. Um, Bregman's been disappointing me at third. I'm waiting to get like a third baseman update, you know, like to basically hopefully my next reward is a third baseman. I just have not been getting one. Lindor has been unbelievable at short um, and, and Acuna has been unreal in the outfield. Corbin Carroll is like my flex and then Sonny Gray is my pitcher flex. So I'm in really good shape there. And then for those that want to like spend a few bucks and, and play in the limited competitions, which is with those limited cards, you can get them for pretty cheap. They have bundles for like $40 where you can get four or five cards. That's where I got Arias, Ashcraft, Pascantino, and, and put those guys into my team. I, I'm trying to ball on a budget with the limited team and earn my rewards and just keep getting limited cards. I got hosed with an Austin Gomber reward. Uh, thanks a lot. <laughs> so rare. Um, but no, they've also hit me up with some with some good rewards as well. Um, I need to upgrade my flex. Last week I was talking to Jack about that. I picked up Jack Sawinski for two bucks, which was a great, great, great pickup. And he's been helping me big time, but I want to upgrade one more like bat and one more pitcher. Um, and I'm trying to find like an underrated pitcher to pick up that people aren't totally on. Cause remember it's like a market. So, uh, like who are people like maybe still overlooking a little bit? 
that I could scoop up on the mound for so rare because my team is like, I just missed the an Ethereum reward. So like if I can upgrade this team a little bit, like I can actually win cash or tickets or VIP experiences. And that's like all the things that you can win here on so rare. Um, I need like a slight upgrade in my rotation right now. Um, Cause Ashcraft is good in the right matchup, but like I need another, another arm that I can pick on. Cause sometimes they aren't pitching in that weak competition too. Cause there's usually it's three day competitions. So I really like these young pitchers for the Guardians, Logan Allen and Tanner Bybee under the program. I think both of them are very solid pickups because they're still really young, but they just look like they're, you know, from the Cleveland pitching lab where these guys who just have great pitchability, but didn't have great stuff. But now this stuff looks great. Like Logan Allen can put the ball wherever he wants. Yeah. Tanner Bybee has multiple plus pitches. I think those guys, like not everyone has come around to them yet, but they're like some of the guys who are keeping the Guardians in check with no Tristan McKenzie, Cal Quantrill struggling more than, you know, in previous years. And Shane Bieber has been good, but not amazing. And it's like the guys at the bottom, you know, Zach Plesak continues to get bombed. I don't know why they would keep him in the rotation over these two guys. So I would take a strong look at Allen or Bybee. You got a vet, underrated vet. Underrated. I love Allen and Bybee. I think they're going to be a big part of what they're doing right now. Like I, I, I definitely think those guys are are worth a watch. I think they still got to be added in. Uh, since they're new guys, they come in like the next okay. drop. So I love those guys. Like, are you buying what Braxton Garrett is selling right now? He's got like a two two five. <laughs> yeah, like yes, but like he's not gonna. Is he gonna win me money? No. Is Kikuchi not. expensive of the Blue Jays? He's been nails. No, I don't think so. Let me see. He's been nails. Kikuchi is cheap. Yeah. That might be the pickup. I, I think that's Kikuchi the pickup. For like he five been, bucks. Dude, I mean, Alec Manoa has been one of baseball's worst pitchers so far this season. Jose Barrios had a good stretch and then had a bad start against the Red Sox. Kevin Gosman is still doing his thing. You know, Bassett is up and down. But Kikuchi's been the second best pitcher in that rotation. And and I want guys that can like give me flashes because it gets short. If if a guy gets bombed, he gets bombed. I lose I lose that competition that week. But the beautiful thing is I can just do it again in three days. But like Kikuchi has flashes. Like I want guys that can give me like ten Ks or eight or nine exactly. Ks when and they're locked in and win me a competition. Kikuchi like could be that guy. So that might be my pickup for like six dollars or whatever it is. I think it's five six bucks. Um. I, that might be my new uh, my new addition to my limited team. Uh, my free team is so much better, <laughs> but it's crazy. You, you you see it on paper, but my limited team has finished higher on several occasions. And I've t- we talked about my all grinder team of like Yandy Diaz, Luis Arias, Alex Verdugo, and Vinny Pascantino. Like that shows you. Like I picked those guys up early for a couple bucks. So like if you do want to kind of dip your toes in the limited competitions. Like if you know what you're doing and, and you have some undervalued players you like, like you can put together a pretty good team for like 15 bucks. Um, but again, you can do it for free with the with the link in our podcast description. Again, go draft your team on SoWare. It's such a blast. The link is in our podcast description. Okay, moving on. And this will be kind of a shorter one, uh, but I had to add it because, of course, you know, we debate over what the stats are telling us, what they aren't. And I kind of wanted to talk about a specific player. So the question is, who is the definition of my eyes say against the stats? (laughs) For me as a Giants fan, it's J.D. Davis. His stats aren't the greatest, but wanting him on the field and at the plate 
we would be around two wins without him, asked by Lil DJ227. And this is a guy who I go back and forth on because I understand the advanced analytics argument. But the more I watch him, the more I start to disagree. And that player is Ozzy Albies with the Atlanta Braves. Like he's a guy. This, who this I, podcast has had an Ozzy Albies roller coaster. All of us roller like. coaster. You know what? He is fucking good, and I don't care who knows it. For for example, Aram, he's in the first percentile of outs above average and the first percentile of arm strength. That's bullshit. Like he's not the worst defender. I that agree. is a fake stat. I love outs above average, but they don't know what the fuck they're talking about because Ozzy Albies. And through my eyes is one of the best defensive second baseman in the sport. Yes. He walks at a 5% rate. So his WRC plus isn't going to look that good. He has a 286 on base percentage. Yeah. He doesn't walk, but you know what he does do hit tanks. He's got seven bombs. He's got three doubles. He doesn't have a stolen base yet, which I don't really understand, but he will <laughs> like at second base, He'll get my one. second baseman, he will. He's going to get 30. If my second baseman can hit 20 to 25 bombs, steal 15 bags, hit 30 doubles, and his expected batting average is even 270. It's not the 243 it is now. He is way better than a lot of people want to give him credit for. Yeah. And like, I- forget, he's 26 years old. He's not I'm this 37 year old. I'm with you on this one. Like, I know he's getting on base at a 286 clip, but like, I, I find it hard to believe that he is a replacement level player right now. He's way better than that. In the eyes of F4, he's 0.0. If anything, that he's closer to zero point, negative 0.1. I think he's closer to that. Um, I, I'm, I don't I don't understand that. I'm with you on that. Like, it, I understand his WRC plus is 97 right now. These seven home runs in 29 games. I feel like such a boomer right now. He's driven in 23 <laughs> runs. Like yeah, yes. 23. Like that. I, I really want to know that if you swapped out Ozzy Albies for replacement level second baseman, are are the Braves at the same exact record? I don't think so. I don't like, think I so. I don't think so. So I'm with you on that one. I I, I can back that. I can back okay. that. He's good. He's not yeah. amazing, but he's, he's way good. better than like a regular ass player. He ain't no regular ass player. No, I, I agree. I and, and mine's kind of from in the same breath uh, because like the guys put up power numbers, but like obviously the advanced numbers are going to kind of hate him. I, I'm kind of just buying in. I know he's off to a great start, but I'm buying into like Patrick Wisdom in terms of like him sustainably well, being a good baseball player. I think yeah. he just bucks the trend of. So you look at his stats and you say his success is unsustainable, right? You look at 2021, uh, you know, he hits 28 home runs for the Cubs, strikes out 41% of the time. We're all prepared for 2022 where he's going to be, you know, just kind of fall off a cliff and not hit enough. He would, took a step back, but he still put up a 104 WRC plus. He, had, he was a one win player and that step back struck out 34% of the time, still hit 25 home runs, played all over as well. He's not a great defender, but at least he can play a bunch of different spots. So far this year, 26 games, he's hit 10 home runs. He's already at a 1.1 F4 um, and he's playing all over the diamond. He's going to strike out a shitload. He might lead the league in strikeouts and he doesn't really walk to hedge it. So it's a really bizarre profile. It's like 240. He might not get on base that much, but he's going to slug 550. And, and I think there's something to be said about that with some positional versatility. He steals a few bags. Like, I think we keep looking at it and saying, oh, yeah, well, how long is it going to last? 
we're, we're, we're heading on like 250 games now of this, of him being a, a solid big league power bat. It's weird. I don't get it. Like it's, it's a weird profile, but at this point it's like, how can we deny what he's doing? This is almost, what is it? 60 home runs over his last 200 and something games. Like this guy's just hit a bunch of homers. Actually, I think it's closer to 70 home runs. Like this dude's just hitting bombs. I, I think you got to give him credit. Like he's a, he's an everyday player. I love it because, like, I see Patrick Wisdom in the lineup every day. I'm like, oh, is he that good? And then I watch Cubs games and, like, he hits a bomb. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like, he's – Jack and I were even talking about it on a previous podcast. We were like, if he has three separate two-week stretches of hitting, like, seven home runs, which he does, it seems like, at least three times a year, then he sprinkles in some more home runs. We're looking at a 30-home run guy. Yeah. Like, if you had 30 home runs, I kind of want you on my team. I, I like this is that's kind of what I'm saying here. So the last three seasons is start like, or I guess two seasons in the, the start of this year, 113 WRC plus he's slugging 481. Yeah. He's punching out 37% of the time, but he's been a above replacement level player. He's got a five F four. Like it's pretty fine. Like I'll take that. So it's a decent player. He's going to run into baseballs. I, I like Pat Wisdom. I think he's a part of what the Cubs are doing here. That's not a guy I want to cast aside. Like He's better than Mancini. He's better than Hosmer. Yeah. Like that's, that's, yes. that's a guy that should be in the lineup every day. I agree. All right, let's move on to the next question. So, as a Yankees fan, Monday's loss against the Guardians is a loss that is going to sting for a very, very long time. If this team continues to play at a level they are now, a double A club at best in parentheses and continue to roll out IKF Aaron Hicks and Willie Calhoun in the same lineup every single day to the deadline. Do you think the Yankees will be buyers or stay put? If you think they buy, what are some realistic trade packages asked by chase B E L C A K on Instagram? My first point to that, is comparing them to a double A club is disrespectful. They are the Savannah bananas, except they aren't <laughs> dancing. Double A at least have players. These aren't players that we're looking at right now. The Yankees, this past stretch has been some of the worst Yankees baseball I have watched. Do you know? And I was looking at splits this morning, Arm. Do you know what the Yankees WRC plus is? against right-handed pitchers in the last two weeks. I know it's like a weird, you know. I mean, it's pretty relevant stat, though. It's what is their WRC plus against the pitcher that they're going to see the most, a right-hander, over the last two weeks. I'm going to assume it's ass. I'm going to assume it's 80. Eight. Wait, wait, wait. What's the slash line? It's like 118, 219, like 170. Wait, it is WRC been. plus against righties over the last two weeks. Yes. That's make 100%. sure I'm not on crack. Make yeah. sure. Because when I was looking at it this morning, I queued it up and I thought I saw eight. All right. Somebody listening out there, please check. Make sure my friend Peter is not losing his mind over here because I don't believe him. Like, I believe you, but I don't believe you. You know what I'm saying? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through the roster. I'm going to throw it over to you for your feedback. And then I'm going to redo the queue and see if I didn't see something that just made me so upset because I'm watching a team that has an eight WRC plus <laughs> this lineup arm Layton, this New York Yankees lineup. They have a couple of good players. 
Anthony Rizzo is great. Glaber Torres is pretty good. DJ LeMahieu is pretty good. That's it. Aaron Judge is injured right now. So the current lineup as we sit here today, and this is why I understand Yankee fans when they're so upset. I saw this hilarious tweet on my timeline that when Harrison Bader returns from injury and it was just a meme of Chris Paul hits a three from deep to cut down a 42 point lead. That was a perfect way to describe it because it has been terrible. Kyle Higashioka is not a major league catcher. Like you go through Oswaldo Cabrera cannot hit. Willie Calhoun should not be on a major league roster. Franchi Cordero is already not on a major league roster. Oswaldo Cabrera, good young player. But at the end of the day, 38 WRC plus and Aaron Hicks is quite possibly the worst overall player. How is he still have a job? He has a 10 WRC plus. And what I don't understand, what I don't understand is why they keep shoving this lineup in our face. I understand that you have injuries. But at the same time, can you grab anybody else? Yeah, that that, like anyone, not the worst overall players. And I keep saying, you know, I'm going to keep giving Brian Cashman a pass. You know, they've been injured. I'm going to keep giving Aaron Boone a pass because they keep getting injured. This is just what the Yankees are injured. Their whole team is going to be injured for the rest of time. It's like we've been doing this podcast now for multiple seasons. What is the main point we always talk about? Yankees are going to get guys back. They're just injured right now. That's yeah. the entire. The last World Series I saw was 2009. Yeah. Like as a 25 year old Yankee fan, I've seen one that I remember. We have not been that good for a while. Like we've been good. We've gotten to an ALCS and then just gotten absolutely trounced by the Astros. Year in, year out, never had a chance. And if we face the Mariners or the Blue Jays in that series, I don't think we win. I, I've, you know, stood on that fact. So it's like, yes, is it not Aaron Boone's total fault? Like, am I like fire the manager? No, because no. he doesn't have his players. Is it Brian Cashman's fault? Like those, like for lack of a better word, like idiots in the lineup. Like he puts them there. Aaron Boone puts them there. These are guys that they acquired. They thought Willie Calhoun had something. They thought Francis Cordero had something. Like, this is objectively, and when you're saying it like they're going to bounce back, yeah, like in three months when they get their players back. Yeah. And then let's see if they're great coming off injury, which is more than likely that they won't be as amazing as they were. Like, the bullpen is blown up. Clay Holmes is not nearly the same guy. Like, Wani Peralta gets outs, but, like, Michael King is the only guy I rely on in the pen. Like, Garrett Cole is 5-0 and in his five starts. Without Garrett Cole, they are 10-15. and 15. Hmm. Aaron Judge is by far the best hitter on the, in this lineup. He's the only guy that teams are actually game-planning around. And when he's on the lineup, it's the Savannah Bananas without the dancing. Yeah. End of rant. I love it. That was very good. I I will tell you though, like I, I I think about you every single time they put the lineup out. I'm like, bro, like it's one thing to be like embarrassing. It's It's one embarrassing. It's one thing to be a Marlins fan and see those lineups because it's like that's kind of the status quo. Like you mentioned, like not winning a World Series since 2009, minus the 2020 Mickey Mouse season which I will not say when Walker's on the podcast, by the way, um, <laughs> minus the 2020 Mickey Mouse season. 
I, like the Marlins have not finished over 500 since 2009. So like that's a lineup that you you associate with like oh bad teams sitting on their hands. It's the New York fucking Yankees. Like it's a joke. I'll ask you, are, are you at the point where you would be excited about a Cole Calhoun debut? Because that is somebody that the Yankees picked up. He's going to be fucking horrible. Like, I already know he's going to be terrible oh, he's because suck he's ass. DFA'd by these random teams. Yeah. Like, like Garrett Cole is going to be a free agent soon. Garrett Cole is going to be a free agent soon. He's going to opt out. What are the Yankees going to give him a fucking like trillion dollars because he deserves it? Wait, Some wait, other wait, team wait. is going to if they're not going to. Severino pitches 18 innings a year. Yeah, I know. It is Nestor Cortez Jr. has a 491 okay. ERA. That is not one start. I'm not okay. letting you slander my boy Nestor. But he is. He has yeah. a 491 ERA. That's just the bottom line, Arm. You know who's going to save you guys? Elijah Dunham. Maybe. <laughs> or he puts up a 30 WRC plus like so, as Walter Cabrera does. Here's the one part that I really don't get. And like, I really do hear you on this because people are always like, oh, well, why, why does my team play this crappy replacement level player or below replacement level player? Like, I get it when you have one hole and you're like, you're like, all right, I don't want to, I don't want to compromise the 40 man. I don't want to make any crazy decisions. We just got to get by for now with the one hole. Like you do that. You, but when you're the Yankees right now, and you have three to four, maybe five guys in the lineup that you could DFA and no one's claiming. Like, no one's touching those guys. No one even wants them. No one's trading cash considerations for them. How are you not trying to shake this thing up? Calling up a random prospect. Like, I, I even know that, uh, who who who, are we, who am I thinking of? Florial, Esteban Florial. He's struggled in every single big league stint so far. I don't care. Can't be worse than Aaron Hicks. Try it. Um Shit, man, Andre Chaparro, like he hits the shit out of the ball. <laughs> like, I don't know if he's going to hit at the big league level. He might not. Fuck it. He's not going to be worse than what you got right now. I do think it is literally the definition of insanity, Einstein's definition, what the Yankees are doing with this lineup. And I know it's early, but it's insane to be able to, to, to expect this lineup to magically do anything other than what it's doing right now, which is suck because the back half of it is worse than a lot of AAA lineups I watch on a daily basis. I want to read you the lineup from that horrific loss where Domingo Herman basically threw an eight-inning shutout and they absolutely blew it in the ninth inning. So, Anthony Volpe leading off. He's been better, but he's your leadoff hitter. I would love him to be the ninth hitter right now. Anthony Rizzo, great. Glaber Torres, remember those five stolen bases I was talking about and how awesome it was? Hasn't stolen one since. And that was like in the first week of our podcast this season. DJ LeMahieu, you know, he's doing his job. He's fine. Sitting 260, like, sure. Willie Calhoun is fucking horrible. That's a joke. Who's hitting fifth. He has Guess to have dirt. shit for him. He has to have dirt. He has to have dirt. He has to have dirt. <laughs> Guess who pinched shit for him? Aaron Hicks. Also, Peraza. He's been Thanks a lot, prospect guy. He's fucking horrible. No, I'm just kidding. He's not. He's not. He's he's just off he's not to a ready. Start. I guess he's not ready. He's no, ready. he's just off to a terrible start. He's hitting 188. Isaiah Connor Falefa plays center field and hits 188. He is so bad. He has like a 20 WRC plus. He's like 80% below a league average hitter. Oswaldo Cabrera. Terrible. Like after DJ LeMayhew, it's out, 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 out. And then even Volpe, like doesn't get on that much. And then you have Rizzo and Glaber. Like, well, the, how does this team score? Volpe should be in the nine hole, right? Like, if the Yankees were at full strength and they were the Yankees, Volpe's in the nine hole, and you got one of the most dynamic nine hitters in baseball. That's totally uh, who fine. Who eventually will be your leadoff guy when he's, he's 
and he's playing pretty good shortstop. He's stealing bags. It's a great nine hole guy. Great nine hole hitter until he kind of settles in. And then, you know, maybe next year that's your leadoff guy. I'll say though, Jake Bowers, I'm glad they brought him up. He might help. Probably not. He he should be playing more than any of those other guys. Like I don't So, but yeah, then he's going to suck for a month. And then I'm just going to come back to you and be like, Jake Bowers has an eight WRC plus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's uh, fun times in New York, man. I think they're lucky to be where they're at right now. I'll tell you that. But I still think they're going to turn it around because then he gets Stanton back hopefully soon. Judge, obviously. Not Aaron soon. Judge. Like yeah, seven more weeks. Huh. And then like, like Rodon has another back thing. The like, craziest part is I'm horrible. still not even worried about the Yankees. I swear I'm not. I know you are, but I'm not. Even though it no, looks it's okay. really ugly. And I'm a fan. And, like, I'm saying I'm not worried about Mariners. And the Mariners fans are probably like, I'm so worried. Oh, Mariners right fans now. are probably like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, they're they're 12 and 16. The Yankees are 15 and 15. So, like, I get it. I'm overreacting. I know. But, like, sometimes no, I, mean, dude, I if bench. I stare that line up in the face every day, I'd overreact, too. I don't even think it's a total overreaction. I just think that the, the crane will rise to the top here. Okay, so I'm redoing the uh, the against righties. Okay, I was wrong. In the last two weeks, they don't have an eight WRC plus. I don't know. I might have done it in the last week, but in the last two weeks, fifty four WRC plus. Still ass. last, last. Let's do it in the last week because that's might have been what I was looking at. So in the last week against right handed pitchers. The New York Yankees have a 60 WRC plus. So I don't even know where I saw eight. <laughs> but that's last. It works. Last. They are the worst offense against righties in the last two weeks and the last week. The yeah. worst. Yeah. Fair. All right. Next question. <laughs> okay. This is a more fun one. This will make me happier. This is a fun conversation. What is up with the Orioles call up chicken game? <laughs> Jorge Mateo trade to a contender that needs an infielder question mark no. allows them to call up guys and get a good return for Mateo and still have leftovers to trade for an established pitcher in parentheses. Lord, I can't keep watching Dean Kramer. God bless him. As from at Ben W I C K I Z E R on Instagram. This is our last question. I love, I love the God bless him. Like, I know. I, it, like, it's not personal. I just can't watch you pitch anymore. Um, it's hard. But I, I love that. I love that. So, Jorge Mateo could possibly be traded to a contender. Now, I, I'm sure there's a there's a bucket of Orioles fans be like, we cannot trade this man. He's like our best player. I mean, Adley Rutschman, obviously. But he has been maybe the best shortstop in Major League Baseball up to this point. But then I know there's an other set of Orioles fans and maybe people looking in from the outside saying cash in now a lot of big time teams need a middle infielder most notably the Los Angeles Dodgers and can give you a lot of pitchers in return because I know you're kind of grimaced and you're like we can't trade Jorge Mateo from the Orioles but how many young infield prospects do they have like this is such a surplus of young, exciting players. And now you can make the argument, well, this is one of them, and he's amazing. So why would you deal him? Why not deal a prospect that hasn't proven anything yet who still has that shining light, right, that can be amazing and that could get you something like a major league-ready player? Yep. So there's two sides of the coin. I'm interested to see what your side is. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I'm kind of buying this Mateo breakout. I like this is a guy that like had the soft breakout last year and and in that year, three F4, uh, 35 bags. We talk about guys that benefit from the new rules, like Mateo, definitely a guy that even if he was putting up the same numbers as last year, would have been improved because of the new rules and the stolen bases and limited a shift, limitations of shift with the defensive prowess that he has. But all of the offensive metrics, you're looking at his in-zone whiff rate, so his zone contact rate has jumped by about 7%. That is a one of the bigger year-over-year changes you're going to see. His swinging strike rate has dropped by 5%, one of the bigger year-over-year changes you're going to see. His chase rate has dropped by 10%. Again, I'll say it again, one of the biggest year-over-year changes you're going to see. Walk rate up 2%, strikeout rate down 13%. I'm in. Like I'm, I'm buying it. This guy hits the ball hard. I don't think people realize that. It was the approach and mostly the approach and the swing and miss that kind of overlap with each other that was holding him back. I don't think you change this. I, I think like, is he going to hit 350? Probably not, but this guy's going to be good. Like this is a really good piece. I don't know why they sent down Joey Ortiz. I guess he was really just up there to fill in, which fucking sucks. Like Adam Frazier, we said it from day one. Get that dude the fuck out of town. Like <laughs> I, he might be a great guy, but like, man, it's pissing me off because we got exciting players that have an opportunity to help the Orioles and then are just better. Um, I would trade from the surplus of prospects. Because, I mean, what, what Mateo, and I'm, I'm curious what you think, like what Mateo's doing now, like, I think this is something that he could he could do. I think he's a really good player, especially in today's game with the defense, with the speed. You could trade a couple of Joey Ortiz, Jordan Westberg, Connor Norby. I mean, we were just talking about the Dylan Cease thing. You could package several of those guys with Stowers who just got recalled. Like, they're just bringing them up one at a time to plug in for a day and then sending them back down. Like, they've got the, Makes no the best NFL practice squad out there. It's annoying. Um, I get it. Like, y- you want to get them the consistent at-bat, so it's good that they're getting those in triple instead of just sitting on the bench. But, like, all of those guys are big league ready. Like, just about every single one of them are big league ready. And I'm not trading, you know, the most valuable guy that – for me this year, besides Rutschman and Mateo, because I think the Orioles have their sights on the playoffs and they're trying to build something here. Trade Westberg, trade one or two of those guys, or or just cut bait. See if you can dump Frazier's contract. Because like I, I don't know why they did it, and I think they're starting to realize now with the leap of Mateo that they really don't need Frazier. Yeah, I I think this Orioles team is good. Like I think their bullpen is very solid. I think their starting rotation obviously has its holes, but you see guys who are giving you good starts. Tyler Wells, Kyle Bradish, and Grayson Rodriguez. Rodriguez is making the leap, man. Making the leap. as Of course he is because he's a stud and he's a freak and he throws 97 with a see you later changeup and other plus pitches like the slider. Those three are pitchers like those three you can build around, but you have two more spots that you need to fill. And yes, Jorge Mateo, a part of me says this is a perfect time to cash in on him because he's unbelievable right now. But maybe he might just be unbelievable. Yeah, like maybe he might be a perfect player for the new rules. Bigger bases, no more shift, hitting the ball on the ground, hitting it hard, finding the hole and playing good defense. Like, that might just be what he is. Former Yankee, by the way. Thanks a lot. Corey <laughs> Mateo, stud. All right? I don't think you trade him because you have all these guys and you all you hope they can be Jorge, Jorge Mateo. Yeah. That's the goal. Like, you hope they can all be what Jorge Mateo is right now. 
And if you're playing for right now, trade those guys who the Orioles don't even feel can take playing time over Adam Frazier. Now, do we agree with them? Absolutely not. No. Is that the reality of the situation as we sit here today, Orioles fans? Yes. So if I'm an Orioles fan, I want us to trade from our surplus of infield prospects or outfield prospects in order to get those starting pitchers or get a big time bat in the outfield because they have good outfielders, but a lot of them are, you know, defensive guys. And like they do hit like Austin Hayes. I know is hitting Cedric Mullins. I know is good, but you could get another big bopper. Like it's not just in the infield or excuse me. It's not just in the starting rotation. Like you could go get another big time bat too. So I wouldn't limit yourself to just pitching. And you have all the assets to do it. Like they could easily make a package for Dylan Cease and oh, not yeah. really feel it. No. And then also get a big time bat while getting Dylan Cease. The reason why we don't often put them in there is because they don't fucking do it. Yeah. They just yeah. don't do it. Like we keep telling, we keep talking about it. And I'm just wasting my breath over no, here. It's, it's a little, actually exhausting. <laughs> exhausting. Um, Ramon Arias, would you trade him? Yes. So that's a guy that has value. Like that's mm-hmm. a. That's a He's a 124 WRC plus. He's played third base for them. He can play second. You can move him all over a little bit. Um, you have Gunner. And he's under control until 2027. So, yeah, That's he, he might not piece. be as valuable as Mateo right now, but you package him with a couple other prospects, you can get a lot of good players. So that's what I would do. I wouldn't touch Mateo, um, especially when you have the context of the chase rates, the zone contact. Like The underlying metrics look really good. I'm buying it. So if I'm them, I'm I'm looking to make that move with Arias and then a couple of those prospects, and you can get a lot of good players with that. You can get plenty of good players. The craziest part is they could just swap a mid-level prospect in a, in a month or two for Giolito, and that probably upgrades the back end of their rotation. Like that, I would just love for them to do something. They're going to get John Means back, so I would rather not go for the like three or four type starter. Go get a stud. Go get we'll somebody get impactful. And I think they will. Like, I think that I really do think that this is finally going to be the year. If they're seeing how they're doing, they're they're hanging around the top of the division and they're really dealing with the crunch. Now they're going to have a 40 man crunch. They already have the active roster crunch. They're having to send guys back and forth all the time. Um, I, I hope they finally do it. But to answer the question, only guy from this active team that I'm trading is in the infield, at least is Arias. And then from the team in general, like you talked about being able to upgrade. How about moving on from Santander? Uh, Santander is, you know, you got one more year of control, um, but he's been brutal. And yeah. again, you can find a corner outfielder who can make a big difference as well. So that's that's a spot where they could upgrade. Or how about just playing Kyle Towers more instead of Santander? Like at what point do we look at Santander and his negative 0.3 F4 and 77 WRC plus and say, hey, I think maybe we can upgrade over this right now. I know he had a decent year last year, 33 homers, but doesn't get on base, pretty aggressive. Um, I think they could upgrade in a lot of different ways, and they're already good. And that'll do it for this episode of the Just Baseball Show. That was the mailbag. Again, really want to thank you guys for leaving all those questions on social. We're getting more and more questions every single time we post. We're so glad that you guys enjoy these episodes. And if you have enjoyed this episode, we'd greatly appreciate you rating and review five stars on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. And if you're watching us on YouTube, hit us with a like comment. If we said anything crazy, or if you agree or whatever you want, because we like to read the comments for next episodes. 
and hit that subscribe button, of course, on YouTube. Get yourself some Just Baseball merch. Best way to support the podcast. I'm rocking a hat. Arms rocking a hat. Look how handsome we look. Look how handsome we look. It's all the hat. It's all the hat. And we want you to look handsome, too. Or beautiful. Whatever. Get yourself some Just Baseball merch. It's in the podcast description. And, of course, we are sponsored here by BetMGM. Use code JBFANS. That's J-B-F-A-N-S. Wager $10 on any money line in the MLB. Once that bet is settled, you will see up to $100, possibly $200, depending on your state of bonus bets in your account. If you want to make some, you know, Hail Mary bets on divisions, if you think that the Cardinals still got a shot, get your free money in order to do so. So it's no skin off your back, right? Make sure to use the King of Sportsbooks. We greatly appreciate it. And with that, thank you, everybody. Thank you.